out, Indiana's only LGBTIQ plus news and public affairs show, featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. Live from the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening, loves. Welcome back to another episode of Blooming Out, one of the longest-running radio programs dedicated to bringing you information and commentary on news, personalities, and life from an LGBTIQ perspective. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Ireland Meacham, reporting live from Brooklyn, New York. Woo! Woo! Back in the Big Apple. Yeah, I made it back. I'm pretty happy. How is it there? It's good. I mean, you know, everyone in Indiana is telling me, oh, be careful. It's dangerous out there. Be careful, be careful, and everything. I get here, and everyone's just, like, you know, out walking their dogs. It's a beautiful day. Everyone's wearing masks. Like, that's dangerous. Media sensationalizes, but it's actually, you know, just as fine as everywhere else is. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry. Cats. Cats. Cats are in the sink. Oh, live going live from home. Going live from home. That was an interlude from Katrina and the cat. Yep, cat and the cat. The cat. It doesn't open, child. I'm sorry. You said that before just handing it to me. I am on the radio. Okay, hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, but continue on about Brooklyn. Oh, that was, I, that was pretty much it. <laughs> just, Have you been yeah. out? Does it, is it, are people going out? I mean, you said they were wearing masks or. Yeah, people are pretty careful. I mean, not everyone's wearing a mask, but everyone's like staying away from each other and everything and if you have to go into a store everyone's wearing a mask and um yeah i mean it seems pretty like you know life just goes on you know that's that's pretty cool i know it's the resilience of new york and we all i mean new york goes through stuff all the time and you know it's we always come out the other side so i'm just it's exciting for me to now be like here and and witness that sort of resilience that new york is so famous for yeah pretty cool oh they had what a molasses flood they've had <laughs> multiple yeah. pandemics i mean you know all the stuff happens to happens to new york how is um uh, how does pride look there is is there anything out and about or people no um but i will say that there is um so uh if you remember last summer, I did that report on all the marches and stuff that yeah. uh, happened in New York Pride for World Pride. I went out and like um, recorded some audio and turned it into a little piece we played on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, one of the marches was the, from Reclaim Pride Coalition, which is kind of an anti-Pride Pride organization. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, you know, uh, not about commercialized pride, not about all the celebrities and the merchandise and everything. They're saying, you know, let's remember that pride initially was a riot and we need to keep that spirit and because there's, you know, obviously still things that need to be fought for. And um, so they're having, you know, there's not going to be the big commercialized world pride march or anything or NYC pride march or anything like that. But uh the Reclaim Pride Coalition is organizing another um, march in solidarity in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. So it's just uh, another 
basically using the pride pride month and the platform of pride to you know support the movement that's really um present right now and has always been but you know just keep that momentum going i guess so that's not until the end of the month so i know there'll still be like events and stuff going on throughout the month and there are people you know out protesting every day in brooklyn um and i'm you know keeping up with all that and following the tags on instagram and and how's that going out there um so i think i mean the last thing that i think cuomo and uh bill de blasio said with the, was that they were going to promise to defund by like 100 million or something like that um i would have to fact check uh that but basically a really you know they were pushing for like reform and not you know defunding which has its problems as we can see reform doesn't work right so, um so there are still protesters we're calling i mean basically they did the bare minimum and expected everything to go away but we're not backing down you know like it's there are people you know out, out every every day in brooklyn um you know protesting there was a big march last week um across the manhattan bridge that um, the police had blocked in the protesters from either side of the bridge and weren't letting protesters go through and which is obviously a giant safety concern. Uh -huh. um, so that got shut down. Uh, but it was the police, you know, very obviously like targeting them and being violent towards them. And then I think on Sunday, there was a massive uh, march across the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, that wasn't stopped by the police, I guess. I mean, obviously opposed by the police, but mm -hmm. um, so I think it's, there's been like incrementally more success, but there still hasn't been any promises of action or, or um, anything from Cuomo or from Bill de Blasio. So we're still waiting on that. And I'm, I'm just hoping, you know, something can get done because the NYPD is proven to be one of the most corrupt police, you know, right. It's so, it's so corrupt. I mean, it literally started, so, like, Pride itself was started by, you know, a, a, like, a, we were talking about this before air, but revolution, you know, from, um, against police brutality against queer and uh, brown and black folks, so. Right. And well, it was a, a, a mafia owned bar, and yeah. they would come in and they would extort people, yeah. you know. And um, I mean, you had, remember the uh, two articles of clothing rule, like you had to be wearing, yeah, uh, you had to be wearing like less than two articles of clothing of your assigned gender, quote unquote, um, or else you could be arrested for being a what did they call it, like a cross dressing, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. transvestite, yeah. and um, and, and yeah, and, and <laughs> one of the stories that we're gonna go over is uh. Uh, somebody who, you know, we talk about Marsha P. Johnson and, you know, how she was instrumental in starting kicking everything off. And, um, and but there was, there was a question that started the, the, yeah, I hate to call it a riot because riot has that modern connotation of something that's um, leads up to, it's, it's just violence for violence's sake. And, and you hear it used a lot against yeah. the current protests and everything to make it you know sensationalize it and make it sound violent yeah. oh yeah here in bloomington they were talking about riots when they had the peaceful march yeah. and there was no violence whatsoever 
Um, I, I'm flabbergasted that people were trying to pass around rumors that 30 businesses had been destroyed and there was rioting and looting in Bloomington. Just drive through downtown. There was none of that. Right. There's yeah. nothing even blocked up. Like Indianapolis, they have businesses boarded up and stuff like that downtown. But Oh, yeah. Here, uh, my dad and I were driving around uh, Monday or Tuesday and um, driving around Brooklyn. And there's all these. And it's always the most, like, expensive stores like Apple and... Mm -hmm you know, all these like high-end stores that have their windows all boarded up, whether, I don't know, whether preemptively or because they've already been smashed in, but it was, it, it's funny because it, none of the, you know, little small, you know, mom and pop shops have been targeted at all. It's all really? the apples. I mean, not that I could see. Um, this is just coming from my personal observations, but it was all like the giant like Apple stores and like, um, Zara and all the expensive clothing stores and stuff. So, people or people, sorry. Well, after Citizens United, they're people. Um, but corporations that uh, can absorb that kind of um, damage, but also their business practices are are horrible. Um, I don't want to go on record as encouraging looting, but if you're going to to loot. You know, mom and pops are not the ones to do it to exactly. um, go for the big ones. They're not going to feel it anyway. Um, no, don't loot. Don't loot people. That's bad. <laughs> bad like drugs, bad. But um, then also, you know, um, that's been an issue, though, because there are, you know, a lot of the quote unquote looters are, you know, people who are involved, who are not on the side of the protesters who are inciting violence to incite violence and make the protesters look bad. And I think we talked about this last week. And so yeah. In those cases, they don't, they don't, you know, discriminate based on how wealthy the business is. And there's been a lot of destruction in poorer communities because of things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and which well, the, is... You know, the bad actors, the, the ones yeah. who are there to... Uh, cause problem and profit uh, for themselves. So that whoever it is, um, I was really worried about that boiling over here, and because you did see some of uh, those people, like so they've had the the demonstrations on the square uh, for the past week or so, and people camped out, chalking up the the concrete and the limestone. Um, and then you have the people who, not a lot, but a few are driving by and uh, berating the um, the protesters and, you know, shouting nasty stuff and um, making a lot of noise. But it was just noise. Yeah. Uh, they had some three percenters drive by and, and spout their stuff. And they had some people come over and try to... Um, they tried to remove some of the chalk from the the monuments because they were gonna, you know, they're they're honoring the the war dead, um, the the soldiers, by removing this chalk. Well, they used soap and water, and this all the soap did was actually just kind of uh, make it like paint, and it yeah. stuck in <laughs> the stone. They're like idiots, just wait till it rains. You know, just, or 
it'll hose off. It's no, that's why they did it in shock. Yeah. So they weren't causing permanent damage. And here you, your holes come and cause the permanent damage because you think you're doing something great, you know, and you're not, and, and you're not setting a great example for anybody. Um, I could talk about that some more, but I won't because <laughs> that doesn't deserve uh, anybody's consideration or time, but it's nice to, uh, it's nice to hear that things are pretty settled in yeah. New York. I was really worried about you going back and, you know, it would be a, just a pit of disease and, and yeah. violence. I mean, everyone, no one wants to get sick as much as the next person. Everyone's just being careful. You know, everyone's, everyone knows, you know, I've gotten like, when I got back, there were like three pieces of mail from NYC government, like telling me how to stop the spread of COVID and everything. And I'm like, okay, I, I knew that, but <laughs> I feel like, you know, people are informed and, um, and trying to do their best, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at all the mail that we got here about how to avoid. Yeah. We, we get, we, we, um, hmm. yeah, never mind. <laughs> Way to go, Indiana government. Um, <laughs> lead by example. Uh, I've been up in Indy for all, you know, quite a lot lately and they've pretty much abandoned the use of per personal protection equipment. They're just, everybody's walking around like normal. Everybody wants to hug and like, oh. it's not over. It's not over. Yeah. Come on. Come on now. <laughs> There'll be another spike, unfortunately, and hopefully. And that's another thing to know that, you know, when this second spike happens, it's going to be blamed on protesters. Uh -huh. and that is not, we got to remember that that's, you know, propaganda. It's not true. Well, we've um, already seen the second, like, uptick, yeah. right? And that, that is coming a couple weeks on the heels of, of opening up. So, yep. we already see that that's not part of the protests, but... Yeah, you're right. They'll be spinning it whichever way they can. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, I was trying to find good news. I was trying to like dig for something positive for us to talk about. Um, Gosh, we don't do much of that recently, have we? There's a dearth of good news uh, coming out from anywhere. Um, there was a, a murder here in Bloomington yeah. that, I was right around the corner from, which, you know, I, I say that and it weirds me out because Bloomington is, we consider this kind of a safe haven, right? Um, and just from living here, what, 11 years in a few months, I've been within 150 feet of three um, gun murders and I think one stabbing and a shaken baby to death. I mean, seriously, all within 150. 50 foot radius um and this last one i was washing the car so that I, we could cat and i were going up to the memorial ride for for angela and uh it was two in the morning and i was at you know that car wash by the denny's off the bypass and um i heard these shots ring out oh my god and i thought oh god you know that was really close um but I didn't know if it was somebody just firing out of the window of their car or what the deal was. Uh, and then when I got home after washing the car, I got online and um, somebody was live streaming uh, the, the aftermath. Yeah. And I thought, Jesus, 
what what i would expect this in indy you know i'd expect this living up in northwest indiana and chicago um these things were more common supposedly there but bloomington it it it's just not right um you know, we participated in the the uh, Moms Demand Action Wear Orange. Well, it was last Friday. Yeah. And uh, it's to bring awareness uh, to gun violence in the United States, and it's a uh, it's a big event. Yeah. And we released these uh, those Chinese lanterns that fly up in the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which were which were really neat. And um, it's a good show, and I wish that people would get, I wish that that would get out more. Um, because it's not about anti-Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. It's about being, uh, at, bringing some sense to the gun issue. So Anyway, that was, yeah, that was just such a, it, it, everything is coming staccato, really. It's just bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Not to make a pun, there's so much coming at us. So that's why I was trying to find something nice, right? Something kind. Um, and and if anybody has good news, bring it to me, okay? Blooming out. Blooming out at gmail. Uh, wfhb.org. Wfhb.org. Yeah. Uh, or hit me up on Facebook, Melanie Davis. You can find me there. Um, but it, it, yeah, I've been talking to business owners, and they're still suffering. Um, I just don't know, you know, what this town, what this world's going to look like. And we're all wondering, you know, there's that uncertainty too, which just adds to the whole issue. Um, but it is pride month and it is, uh, at a time when we are centering our, um, our black siblings because their suffering is great and it always has been. America has never been a great country for them um, and we need to hear their voices and I know that uh, Indy Pride shut down their uh, pride for this year mm-hmm. in solidarity mm-hmm. with Black Lives Matter and, and the cause for change. And for they all change. Yeah, and they uh, cut ties with um, Indianapolis PD. And- right. There will no longer be police officers at future Pride events, which is great. Right, like Bloomington here has done. And uh, Bloomington Pride cut ties. And um, not really excited about the the group that they had run security for the past couple of years. Um, there were some problems with that, a lot of problems with that. But they've learned and they're, they're going to go with a local, com- or a local group. Uh, this year we'll see um, if that happens you know that's supposed to be August uh, so hopefully COVID will be um, decreased in in its severity by then and yeah so we'll see but you know in the fight for equality we can't forget in that movie Stonewall which was literally whitewashed yeah. Um, uh, which you would think that a movie that was made in this day and age wouldn't do that. They'd know better. I mean, we know our history, or we should. And that was just a blatant, uh, in-your-face disregard for the lives, the people, the black people who helped kick off this uh, this revolution. 
And uh, you did a, a report on somebody that uh, has come up. We, you've probably seen some uh, Facebook posts about it or uh, about her um, being honored in, at this time. Mm-hmm. And who is this? Armie de Lavallee, my personal hero. Um, I did, uh, I was, I was in a class my last semester of college that was basically about, as part of my gender studies minor, and it was basically about, um, stereotypes against black women and how the system has oppressed them throughout history. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so for my final project, I wanted to focus on a queer woman of color um stormy de Lavallee, and she was the the person who threw the first brick at stonewall we like to say marcia p johnson did or sylvia rivera did or whoever but it's been you know she claimed it and it's been backed up by a few other accounts of the fact that and um just reading this article you had pulled up mm-hmm. um, it says that uh, that night at around 1.20 a.m. on June 28th, 1969, uh, she was hit on the head with a billy club and handcuffed at the Stonewall Inn, mm-hmm. uh, which is, um, you know, everyone knows where that is. But um, she was bleeding from the head because we talked about this earlier, but basically we all know the story, but cops would come in, raid the bar for no reason other than to imprison queer people and targeted people of color and uh, trans people at a much higher rate, mm-hmm. which continues to today. Fun. Um, but, okay, so she was bleeding from the head when she brazenly turned to the crowd and hollered, why don't you do something? After a long struggle, Stormy was dragged into a paddy wagon, and that's when the scene exploded. Um, she, I guess, took a brick and threw it at a police officer, or threw a punch at a police officer and kind of incited the the fight, um, you know, because she was fed up just like everyone else with, you know, literally just going out to, to meet other queer people, have a good time and being persecuted for it every, every night of their lives. That was a problem. The police coming in and, you know, breaking up the party. Um, and then that was, you know, obviously the event that inspired the following year, the first Pride March ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, which continued till today. Um, well, she was an awesome person. Like I, and and I feel bad for not knowing uh, that there was a uh, this. There's a great. Um, it's a short biography of her, little uh, documentary, and and. I just watched that and I'm like, oh my God, where has this been? Why, why did I not see this? This is people know about her. Um, Oh, it's inexcusable. She was just a badass. She, she was, she, um, you know, she was a performer. She was a drag performer. Yeah. Um, but she was also a jazz performer. Mm -hmm. And then she would also go out and she was, uh, she was part of a patrol, right? Mm -hmm. Patrolling lesbian bars. Yeah. Sure everybody was okay. She worked like, at Marietta Hudson uh, and Cubby Hole in, in uh, Lower Manhattan for, in the West Village for the last, like, what, 40, 30, 40 years of her life? Uh-huh. 
and she was said to be the cowboy of the West Village because she always had a gun strapped to her hip. She was out there walking the streets and looking out for any young queer people who needed help, basically. And, you know, the story before of her life before Stonewall was just as incredible. She was part of a, the Jewel Box Review, which was a traveling drag show. And it was all, you know, uh, what they called female impersonators. And then she was the quote unquote male, um, like MC host. And she sang and like had this deep baritone and like passed fully as a man and then I guess as she you know performed as that character and decided to uh actually end up living with a woman as her wife and she like lived as a man for like a certain amount of time part of her life and was able to fully pass which is weird but you know well she's which, telling know, her story but, like, she said she was picked up for uh being a drag queen because yeah. they didn't believe that she was uh, she was a woman yeah. just super butch lesbian badass cowboy that was a, an amazing like incredible icon and essential to the modern lgbt rights movement and pride as we know it and she doesn't get any credit for it i mean right. she's more people should know about her so she needs to be elevated Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and she credits uh, some of her um, survival to uh, the fact that her dad had money. Uh, she's mm -hmm. from New Orleans, and uh, uh, her dad was a, a rich white man, and um, and her mom was black, and not so rich. Um, and she got shit <laughs> before she even came out as as a lesbian she got shit for uh you know not fitting into for being by the community and yeah exactly and uh so she straddled all kinds of of worlds right yeah that's what i find so interesting about her and i mean the fact that she did straddle all those identities and refused to live as anything different or hide any part of her right so inspiring so Everybody go out, and uh, and her last name is going to be, it's French, uh, mm -hmm. Stormé, and you say it because I can't. Lavaye. D e. It's spelled D Larvery, but yeah. it's De Lavaye. Oh, Americans can't figure that stuff out. <laughs> D e l a r v e r i e is her last name. So. Um, and she, after Ellen uh, reported that she uh, was referred to as the uh, gay community's Rosa Parks. Yeah. Um, I don't think that we need to do that. I don't think we need to, you know, oh, she's our, our Rosa Parks. I think she just stands out on her own. Yeah. She is, uh, she's our community's, um, and, and she's just a complete, and total badass. So there's good news. Mm -hmm. I think maybe um, we get like a portrait tattoo of her. That'd be a cool idea. That would be a cool idea. Hmm. Oh. Huh. Where would you put it? I don't know. You probably, Where at? Like, you know, like on my arm, like maybe over here or something. You can't yeah. see. And right. your maybe. Or maybe I'll start, you know, filling up this arm. Oh, yeah, I'll, yeah. Here. I'll put Marsha P. Johnson here. I'll put Sylvia Rivera here. Oh my god, you have a whole arm open. I mean, come on. It will be my gay rights arm. 
Exactly. The pride arm. Pride arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shaisa. So, um, keeping with the uh, the pride and the raiding. So we have two raids so far that have really made the news. Uh, there are probably more. Uh, one of them was in was it South Carolina, and the other one is in Iowa. Police raided the bar in Iowa. Uh, in the other one, they were firing upon with non-lethal weapons. Um, a guy who was outside, he owns the bar, and they were firing upon him, uh, trying to get him to leave because he had, you know, his bars closed down. And out front, where protesters were passing by, he was passing out water and, you know, just making sure everybody was taken care of. And they um, they tried to get him to move away, like whether or not they knew that uh, they they believed him when he said that that was his bar. Uh, who knows? But the fact was that they, if you see the video that accompanies it, the police didn't care. They didn't even listen. Um, they're just attacking attacking somebody yeah. for again providing aid. You know, right. we've seen this where they were they were uh, slashing on the bottles for uh, the first aid or, or the medics stations all across the United States. They're attacking people who are taking care of people. Yeah. And, uh, and in this case, it was out in front of a gay bar. And then there's the Iowa police raid for, again, providing first aid supplies to protesters. So, you know, you can't even support people. You can't. Um, it might not have been that they were attacked for being queer. But they were attacked for standing up for people's rights. Yeah. And screw that. Yeah. It's, it's so frustrating, too, because I think that stems from, like, I don't know, like, per, like the police acting like providing water is somehow a po political act or something. Like, I don't know. It's just you're literally just trying to help people who are fighting for the right to not be killed by police officers. Like, I don't know. And I, every, it just gets so frustrating to me just because I don't understand how anyone could live with themselves like and, and destroy water bottles and shoot at protesters and, you know, use tear gas and whatever. I just, I don't know. I just, how could you live with yourself? I don't, I don't get it. I, and that goes to the, uh, the tactics of policing and the, um, the way in which people, police officers are trained, uh, it, it's almost militaristic. You cut the supply yeah. lines, yeah. you cut any means of support, and you <laughs> block them off all onto a bridge. Yeah. And, um, it was, yeah, it was like Brooklyn PD on one side, Manhattan PD on the other side. I don't know if that, if it's specifically called that, but you know. The two and, sides together to get like trap literally trap protesters if i was on that bridge and i heard that the cops were trapping us on either side i'd be like well the bridge is going down like <laughs> you know like that would be so scary yeah so terrifying and for practicing your first amendment right you know for all these people that are talking about oh yeah for for the second amendment people out there who who for whom that is like a major uh, uh, driving 
force in, in how they view politics. Um, you know, this is your First Amendment. It's the one that came first. It's the one that the founding uh, fathers felt that it was necessary to enshrine absolutely first of all. And that's what's being infringed upon. Mm-hmm. And yet, oh, well, you know, we have to keep law and order. Because that's exactly, and not to say that the founding fathers were good people because they absolutely weren't, right. but that's what they were scared. This is exactly what they were scared of is the government using its power and its resources and its control to, you know, to, I don't know, go out and like tamp down opposition, tamp down opposition. That's what they were afraid of. You know, that's the first amendment, right? It's literally people's right to protest because they viewed that or their belief was that if the government is not working for the people, the people have a right to revolt, shut it down, and rebuild it. And that's what we're trying to do. Shh. Don't tell everybody. No, and, and they were in opposition to a tyrannical uh, government, which was, you know, the, the monarchy of England, right? And we're, we're kind of facing that same sort of uh, single person with all the power sort of thing now whether or not it's actually sanctioned power or it's uh, because he's fired everybody and he's the only person left at the top and his lackeys. Um, And his response to this whole thing has just been, we all know it's been appalling. Yeah. Um, I don't want, I don't want to get into all the rest of these things. Puerto Rico, you know, they took care of their, old governor who was mm-hmm. you know absolutely corrupt and they installed this new one and she is not uh turned out to be any much any much better any much better that's not even a thing um wanda vasquez she just signed this sweeping uh bit of legislation and it it overhauls the their civil code and there's 130 amendments to this right but part of that um are, are laws that are strip the protections that LGBT folk had uh, started to enjoy in Puerto Rico. And, you know, during that overthrow, right, we all saw the, the picture of Ricky Martin yeah. up on top of the truck waving the gay flag, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, as with every sort of uh, bit of progress in the world, we're a part of that. We were a part of this sweeping change and uh and it turns out it backfired Um, it always does it's it seems like whenever there's progress it's like two steps forward for some people and then one step backward for like queer community or another marginalized group you know yeah it's like people can't fathom the idea that all of these issues are intersectional you know and matter equally and affect all affect each other and you can't have equality in one respect without all you know equality for everyone like i don't yeah exactly and and, hey i was talking to my brothers and they're more on the conservative side of things uh to put it mildly and you know we still love each other and, and we're we're uh family uh but they just have a hard time understanding Mm-hmm. that uh taking away rights from people is you know that this is uh that it's even real it's like they don't 
hear it, even though their people, their their uh, politicians, people they support, are saying it. It's just coming right out of their mouth, plain as day. Uh, what was that one guy that was that we reported on last year, or last year, last week? Um, oh yeah, the evangelical group, Liberty Council, right? Uh, they opposed uh, LGBT folk being included in the anti-lynching bill, right? The anti-lynching yeah. bill, which covers, you know, pretty much everyone. Um, right. So, we don't think lynching should be a thing, but but gay people should still be lynched, yeah. right? Yeah. Why does that even sound like something that you would support? Right. Why does that even sound like something you would think is American? You know, that you would think is just morally okay for anybody. Um, mm-hmm. but, but the talk is increasing out there. It's, I, maybe it's just because people are all locked up together and you know they're they're free with their own thoughts um but there's a lot more talk about uh that i've seen you know lgbt folk are the abomination stories the they the they deserve death stuff and so this kind of is worrisome because somebody with this much reach and power the a group with this much reach and power um in the halls of congress even and they're calling for basically it to be open season. You know that that might be a bit of a stretch, but well, not too much of one. That's definitely what some of them want. Yeah, and um, and and um, <laughs> and I know there are still people who don't believe in election elections as a process anymore for change, uh, but we're seeing a lot of protests. We've seen a lot of sweeping changes. Minneapolis uh, City Council voted to um, disband the police department, right? Yeah. Which, who the heck could have seen that coming? I know. Um, so maybe change can happen at at an accelerated pace, but people have to be asking for it. Yeah. Um, and it's going to happen at the, you know, almost at the individual level, at the small town level, at the, you know, city by city, you know, it's not going to be sweeping change nationwide. That very rarely happens. Well, but it, it could be if we get the people out of Congress who are obstructionists, Mitch McConnell, and Mitch McConnell's actually losing now in the polls, which, oh, get Turtle Boy out of there. I know. Um, So that's good news. Right. I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, as things stand right now, we clearly can't trust the national government to make any change right. or do anything positive for us. But at uh, the state levels, we're having, you know, state legislatures right. block local government, towns and, and cities from being able to start, you know, create their own uh, protections for, for people. Yeah. And that that seems insane. How do you um, how do you advocate for blocking rights, and you're still in office? You know, it's not more rights. It's just equality and equity. That's it. And yet, so <laughs> get those people out. Yeah. There's no reason to have them in. Talk bad about them. Spread the word. Mm-hmm. And 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 really. Just go vote. Um, 
And if that doesn't work, then take it to the streets. Because we're going to have to. Uh And at the same time, again, you know, support support your black folks. Yes. Now, in their struggle. Because it's all of our struggle, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. We're all fighting, and I'm not sure why we're fighting. I still can't believe that um that there's a legitimate question as to the value of people um for all that we've been taught in school and all we've you know learned and we're still fighting that we're still fighting people who don't believe that it's like we tell all our kids you can do anything if you just put your mind to it dreams can come true and all this stuff and then once you kind of become an adult it's like oh well not for me because I'm this and this and this and this and this, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like we, we preach this like delusional thing to our kids. And then that's not reality. That's not, I mean, we're still literally fighting for the right to have a life. Like, are you kidding? That's why I'm still pissed about the way things have turned out. Um, in the 70s, we were, we were shown in media in uh, various different ways uh, a world that was more um, equitable. And, you know, there were these shows based on the immorality of uh, treating other people with such disrespect. And, you know, now we have um, housewives shows and stuff like that where we've forgotten those messages. And it's hard to see a future where that happens when it's not presented to you, right? Yeah. Um, you get to where you don't actually know that there's something else possible. <laughs> see? Fighting like cats and cats. <laughs> but then I, that's, you know, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. Um, that's how you get, you know, cisgendered straight white men who everything in life works it does work out that way for some of them you know because they're just they have all the privilege to where life is just handed to them and they feel that entitlement and they feel like they can do whatever they want and then they're hungry for all the power they can get and that's how we end up with people like this in our government now yeah i i heard a lot of conversations that were problematic I, I was out at the uh, um, kind of the end of the occupation rally on the square last night as more of an observer in case things went sideways. And in, I, I was listening to people. I didn't want to record them <laughs> um, without their knowledge, but there it was, to say the least, it was overwhelmingly white. Yep. And um, there were a lot of folks there that might have been just there to take advantage of uh, the message, um, and, and fresh and get out their frustration because I was hearing them marginalize black folk. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you even here? We, you didn't hear anything that anybody around you has been saying. You came here and you dropped that load of crap on, yeah. on everyone. Um, wow. Yeah. And it's because they want to, you know, they feel like they have to go to the rally and post on Instagram that they were at the rally, you know? That's, I really feel like 
I did see a lot of people at the march last Friday in Bloomington, you know, who were most likely students or, you know, people my age, white people who showed up the, at the march for, with their crowd of white friends and were, you know, doing, you know, saying the stuff, doing the, you know, doing the march, they had signs, whatever, Black Lives Matter and all that. But like, what are you actually doing to, to recognize your place in the system and how you benefit from it and mm -hmm. make an effort to correct that? Right. What, what, where are you donating to? What, you know, what law or what uh, government agency have you called today? Like what senator have you called today? And, you know, it's not enough to post on Instagram that you were at the rally just to say, oh, I did my part. That's enough activism for the day. Like, you, got your cups in, you know, yeah. that, and yeah. that's, that's, that's it. It's what are you doing? What mm -hmm. are you doing to create change? Because change has to happen or, you know, people are going to keep getting killed and suffering is going to continue unabated. And every five years or so, we're going to have uh, another blow up. And it's kind of like a school shooting, right? People get really upset uh, for a couple weeks and then everybody forgets about it and dies down to the next one. Um, and the problem is it's just every day there's always one. Yeah. We just don't see it. Uh, it's, it's out of the news cycle. And I hope this continues. I hope that this, these marches, these demonstrations, these demands continue as long as they need to. In Indianapolis, um, you know, they had the curfew, they had all this stuff going on. They did have some breaking of windows and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, people ended up showing up on, on the mayor's doorstep demanding change. Yeah. You know, taking, taking this to the people in power is the next level. Talk to your representatives. Talk to these people that are in the, in the office last week I was going off on, you know, it's your fault. Any violence that happens, anybody who's in, you know, in, in power, it's your fault, ultimately. Yeah. Um, and you need to take responsibility for it and hold them responsible. Uh, or you run for office yourself. That's what, you know, Stonewall Democrats, we want to get LGBT folk into office and uh, barring the availability of somebody from the community. We want to make sure the people are in office who are uh, promoting equality and, uh, and and it shouldn't just be for LGBT folk. Like I said, it's intersectional, like you said, right? We have to support each other. Um, so yeah, it might not be a LGBT issue. It might not be a LGB issue. Uh, it might not be a T issue. It might not be whatever group you identify with um but they are your they're your we would not be where we are if not for right right you know we, we would neither movement would be where it is without the other movement because we are all a part of the bigger picture right and so, no fix one issue without fixing the other exactly so people get out there um demand justice demand accountability demand change and if you can't go and protest um 
you know, there are many, many other ways you can help. Um, simply donating does a lot. Mm-hmm. So, and versus there are plenty of places to donate too, um, to support all kinds of causes. And it doesn't have to be like hundreds of dollars. It can be you know, whatever you've got. Yeah. Um, but to support people like that. And, you know, and demonstrations aren't for everybody. I couldn't do the full march. I got about, you know, half a mile and I had to sit down and because I've got other health issues going on. Um, so there needs to, there are so many other ways to involve yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, demonstrations are to get awareness out there to drum up energy. Um, but after that comes the real work. Yep. So get involved. Right. If nothing else, sign a petition, sign, you know, go and go and search out these cases of, of people being murdered by the police and, you know, call, call that sheriff's department, call, you know, sign the petition, share it on social media, do something, you know, go to your county council meeting. You know, when they're participated in a county council meeting for Bloomington over Zoom the other day. Yep. And how did that go? Terribly. (laughs) Nothing got done. But uh, yeah, did we did we talk about? I felt we we, didn't. No, we didn't talk about that. No, that's why because it was directly after we recorded um, last week. So it was it was uh, it was the day before the Friday march, and there was supposed to be an emergency vote going through Bloomington City Council to or Monroe County Council to um, hire two new sheriff's deputies the day before the march, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, pretty, pretty obvious what they were trying to do there. But so the whole time it was black community leaders um, being, you know, having the chance to speak based on what order they were decided to speak in by the white councilman who is presiding over the meeting he would turn literally had the power to turn on and turn off their microphones so he would allow them a few a couple minutes to speak and then he would say thank you and they would be asking questions like do you support black lives matter do you support defunding the police will you vote to not put these new two sheriff's deputies in and every time he would he would click the button and say, thank you for your comments. Who has, who has, who has another comment? And not answer any questions. And then the sheriff's deputy, Brad Swain, was on the meeting as well. And he could be seen the entire time, checking his email, looking at his phone, having a conversation with someone else who was in the room with him, not paying attention at all, not listening to anything that they were saying, even though there were, you know, I could, the chat was blowing up like, Brad Swain, please pay attention. Look at, you know, listen to who's trying to speak right now. But he was so blatantly disrespecting the community leaders who were speaking just to try to get their point across, you know, and say literally all they were saying was, hey, in Bloomington, we feel attacked. We feel targeted. We feel persecuted. And we believe that it is our city government's job to shut that down and change it and reform it. And Black Lives Matter. And they were so. The, the county council members so disrespectful of these people so blatantly not listening and it was just very disheartening because again we think of bloomington as this safe haven mm-hmm. even bloomington leaders are not there for us you know it's not um, you know and and that's um 
that's the problem with not being able to show up in person to those things. Yeah. Uh, if they open back up to public, put on your face masks, grab your, uh, you can get, CVS has got hand sanitizer again. Um, I just picked up some of the spray kinds, you know, 70% or 75% alcohol. Um, and go out there and uh, attend, you know, start start a demonstration of your own. Yep. Go out to, hey, those people have places of business. Yeah. Stand across from the police station and say what you need to say. Um, Brad Swain in the phone book, see where he lives. <laughs> right. Go stand outside his house. But do so with some support because uh, yeah, seriously. you don't want to be seen as being a threatening Right. Given what, you know, happens to people. Right. Good point. So, um, people are wondering what to do. People are trying to figure out how they can help. Again, listen to black people yep. um, who are leading. Educate yourself so you don't sound like the idiots who are at the demonstration trying mm -hmm. to tell black folk that we're all one, we're all the same. And uh, <laughs> I, I really... I just wanted to shake the piss out of some people. Yeah. Um, I don't see color. Oh. That kind of BS. Yep. And, and silence them while they're talking. Like, it's not about you. Shut the hell up. Mm -hmm. I know. It's like white people are trying to talk over these black people to say, oh, no, I'm one of the good ones. You know, stop. Check your privilege. Step back. Recognize that your voice does not need to be used right, or it needs to be used to educate other white people for sure. Mm -hmm. But you got to educate yourself first and take the time to listen to black people. Yeah. Yeah. And not, don't go in there trying to impose your views on how um, they're demonstrating, how they're making their voices heard, and making their demands known. Um, because at this point, it's not about asking you don't ask people anymore that's not a thing um we have to stop asking for our rights because they aren't anybody else's to give they are ours <clears throat> and and um, it's the uh I, I put it up as my facebook cover the Fer frederick Douglass douglas quote power concedes nothing without a demand it never did and it never will Find out just what any people will quietly submit to, and you have found out the exact measure of injustice and wrong which will be imposed upon them. And these will continue till they are resisted with either words or blows or with both. The limits of tyrants are prescribed by the endurance of those whom they oppress. That is, that's, I've never heard that quote before, and that is just sums it all up right there. That's one of my favorites um <laughs> when trump said that frederick Douglass was doing a great great job um oh i was so angry but you know what it's true um Fred frederick Douglass, if you if you haven't read his work if you don't know his uh, his history you need to you need to learn yeah. um talk about you know if you're if you're a patriot and you're flag waving and all that um, you need to read about him because he was, he was a patriot yeah. and, uh, and counted himself as an American and wanted to make this place 
live up to the promise that it, it made. Is he in the window again? Sorry. The cat gets between the screen and the window. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's another thing. When people say peace, it doesn't just mean that, you know, you create um, violence. Because that's the first thing that people who are afraid of change think. Oh my god, no peace. That means you're going to be violent. The violence is already being done yeah. upon people um, mm-hmm. by the systems of oppression. It's peace is also you don't get to live in your quietude. You don't get to live in your you know settled little community where you are separated from uh, having to actually pay attention to the suffering of your neighbors. Yeah. Um, you're going to see it. You're going to hear it. Yeah. And until you get up off your butt and do something about it. Mm -hmm. That's why when, you know, when we say if you're ignorant and you're not doing your research, you're part of the problem. Mm -hmm. That's exactly why we say that, you know, it's, if you're not actively working against these systems, you are using your privilege to live in it. And that is just as, that is just as bad as the cops who are, you know, doing what they do. Yep. So people get out there in the spirit of all of our ancestors, all of our, um, uh, all the people that came before us who created Mm -hmm. a world where LGBT folk can uh, stand together in, in pride. And let's make it a world where everybody can stand up. Yeah, we are not cut down, and we are not. Um, we don't live in fear. Yeah, but we're out of time again. I want to thank you, all, all of you listeners out there, and uh, you know <laughs> the folks at WFHB who are still keeping this going. Um, thank you. My God, thank you so much. Uh, these are rough thank times. You. I mean, yeah. Um, Blooming Out is produced by Melanie Davis and Kate Young. Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio. Lucas Fisher is our esteemed engineer. uh, Esteemed overworked engineer. Yes. (laughs) For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Ireland Meacham. Do you want to take the last part of it? Do you remember? Uh, And remember. uh, You better do it. (laughs) (laughs) something about roller coasters (laughs) remember if everything was straight roller coasters would be one long boring ride good night from your blooming out fam